1: the The late great Tina Turner once asked, what's love got to do with it? Well, if the it is my future, love has everything to do with it. And he absolutely, I don't want to say balled out on Thursday Night Football, but fought through adversity, showed moxie, showed the deep ball. Davis, I want to come to you right away. People may not know, Off camera, you and I have a bet of Jordan Love outperforming all of the rookie quarterbacks of this year. Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, uh, CJ Stroud. I know I'm going to win the bet. I know know for a fact, because of how he showed poise amidst adversity tonight, still scored two touchdowns on the ground. I want to give you the option to save you money. Here's what I'm asking. Would you commit to, when you lose that bet, instead of having to pay me money, why don't you sing What's Love Got to Do With It on karaoke with a Jordan Love jersey on just to prove how wrong you were about him in the preseason? I feel fantastic about my future because Jordan Love is at the helm of it. Hey,
3: there is there is so much to unpack from that segment. I was not set up to succeed right now. There was a <laughs> lot for me to unpack. He scored one touchdown on the ground, so let me clarify that. Two total, two total touchdowns. Okay, okay, no, no, but I'm just clarifying for the listeners. You said two on the ground, scored one on the ground. I would gladly, not even tied to this bet, because I have faith in a Rich and Stroud, to be quite frank. I mean, Stroud Stroud is putting up some numbers right now. So, no, I'm not backing down on this bet. You're going to owe me $100 by the end of the season. Um, But I would gladly, I'm not buying the jersey. If you provide a jersey, I will absolutely bless the audience, bless our viewership. We can get a video of it. But I will sing that absolutely, and I'm going to be blessing everybody by doing it. But w- Josh, I will say this: I don't think Jordan Love is a franchise quarterback. I truly don't. I-, I truly don't believe he's a franchise quarterback. Now, with that being said, his options been picked up, and they probably will be sticking with him for the foreseeable future. But I don't think he's their first option as a franchise QB. Like I don't, I don't see him play the game of football and think, man, that guy. The guys, a solidified franchise QB.
1: <laughs> Were we watching I truly, no, the Josh, same game? Are you, are you blind, about, Dylan? <laughs> no, don't, Dylan. I've got to come to you. Shut yeah, shut you. Shut yeah, you. Shut you, shut shut you. Shut you need to be the like the voice of reason here. Yes. Please. The, the guy threw for almost two hundred and fifty yards with at least two starters almost missing on the offensive yards? line. 250 yards. Yeah, attempts. Yeah.
4: Listen. Josh, I, I don't have your back on this one, bro. I, I don't think Jordan Love is a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to get Aaron Rodgers next year. Bro, look at all the quarterbacks that are coming in. They could take a quarterback in the second and him be a, a very capable backup who can take his job next year because he doesn't look good. He looks like a deer in headlights. Like he got out there and got molly whopped by the Detroit front. Granted, I understand the Bakhtiari. I understand oh that my starter. Gosh. Whatever, listen, he has been buoyed by touchdowns. He threw three touchdowns in the first two games. That's not sustainable. I'm not going to bet on that. That's not sustainable at all. Like he went out there. He scored two
1: more tonight. (laughs) Like touchdowns are good for fantasy. He's like a deer in
4: headlights. So oh my gosh, he does not look like a complete NFL QB to me, and I definitely don't want any pieces of him in fantasy. I just I don't see him being a productive quarterback for me. And I definitely don't don't want I featured in the hands of Fields and Love. Definitely not.
1: We'll get to Fields later. I mean, that's a completely different discussion. (laughs) We've got to get to some different analysis because are we even watching the same game? Davis, I want to come back to you. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Jameer Gibbs outperformed David Montgomery, which clearly did not happen because you are blind as a bat. The dude looked fantastic. He had deep ball. It wasn't a great game. The the Packers got mollywopped, but he hung in there and kept them in the game. They they had literally no offense in the first half. Let, let me clarify something. You're
3: saying he had a deep ball. He had a deep ball because he had a free play because the time expired and the Detroit Lions stopped playing defense and he hit Jaden Reed because nobody was paying attention. So let's there not was, talk
1: about oh he has mocked. What about and the other ball. one to Tori? What about the that, other one to Tori? He had another great, one there too. The Jaden Reed one that, that, was was that was a good pass.
4: Yeah, that was a good pass. That was a very he dropped he it. Other people teacher. were paying attention or not. It was good.
1: <clears throat> I can't help. Y'all don't want to seem to fall in love with Jordan Love. I can't help that. But something that is very concerning, can we at least agree? David Montgomery is the back to own for the Lions, maybe not just for this season, but for the foreseeable future. I do not know what they're doing with Jameer Gibbs usage. Davis, help me find common ground because we are so far apart already on the show. No, there's absolute... Common ground.
3: Yeah, I mean, you have David Montgomery tied in for at least the next three years. And then the fourth year, they have some team options where they can do stuff to get him off the team. But he's locked in for the next three years guaranteed. And they are going to give him the complete workload. And it, I mean, to be quite frank, from a fantasy standpoint, the back you want in this Lions offense, and we've seen it for the last three years, is the back that's going to get the goal line touches. And not even just that. I mean, they gave him 32 carries. I mean, it, it's there's something that that they don't I don't think they believe that Jameer Gibbs can sustain the hits within the tackles. So they're running him in the slot, utilizing him in in like in like motions, pre-snap. So it just Jameer Gibbs, you who was probably the unanimous Dynasty RB three over the last couple weeks just because of the hype, because of the draft capital, because of the landing spot. It's looking like they're just going to make him the next DeAndre Swift, where he was a Dynasty RB three, and by next year probably fades out to Dynasty RB what fifteen? Like I, I, Dylan, I'm out. Like just on Dynasty RB five potential, like that. That to me, I'm out on that.
4: Yeah, I was just about to say he's getting swifted. That's exactly what's happening here. And if you look, if you watch the game, because we did watch the same game, Josh. Don't get me wrong, uh, David Montgomery was the more productive back. Jameer Gibbs looked good. Like you, he passes the eye test. If you look at him on the field, it's not like he's just getting hit behind the line and just going down. Every, like he's breaking off. He's, he's sub 200 pounds, which is the biggest knock on him. Right. But he's going between the tackles, picking up six to five, five to six yards. So I think that's, I think he's going to be fine, but you're banking on efficiency. And I don't know what it is about Detroit and their running backs that if it's, they don't have confidence because they're too small to give them the workload. I don't know what it is, but he's getting DeAndre Swifted. We, we saw DeAndre Swift on Monday night and what he can do now. It's the same thing with Jameer Gibbs. So I'm not out on Jameer Gibbs in Dynasty. And if there's a dip at all, I'm going to buy him.
1: I I think the most concerning piece for me was that David Montgomery got like 30 carries. He was coming back from injury. So this was not just a, we're going to, you know, split our backs up and, you know, one back's going to get a lot of carries. It was like, hey, we want to get David Montgomery the ball. We want to feature him. They could have pulled him and let Gibbs take on... Five to 10 more carries at the end of the game. Very concerning. What was not concerning, what was exciting, Sam Laporta continues to dominate in his rookie season uh the thursday night program would not stop talking about he's breaking records with the amount of receptions he's having for a rookie tight end davis you famously had a take that dalton kincaid would be a top two tight end by the end of the year and i agreed with you just based on rookies if you had switched that name to sam laporta i would would be looking foolish yeah yeah i would be looking foolish and you would be looking like a genius sam laporta he's a trade now like Trade now, candidate, right? Go get Sam Laporta if you can. Or has the price just become too high?
3: The price is, and I mean, I'm, I am I'm mourning Sam Laporta right now. Had him on my team for a brief, maybe two days. And then I traded, which I I traded him for Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell um, to secure my third QB spot because I was mourning the loss of Justin Fields. Um, so Mike Smith, you're welcome. You now have, um, you have Sam Laporta a top four dynasty tight end. All that being said, it's going to be hard to trade for him and to trade him away. And I say that unless you're in a crazy tight end premium, but if you're in like the yacht club, you're not going to be getting multiple firsts for any tight end. I I mean, that's just that that's just the frankness of where we're at with tight ends in, in the landscape of dynasty football. Um, But at the same time, trying to buy him, I'm not gonna want to spend that. And then the seller's like, I'm not gonna just sell him for a single first. Like the man is breaking records, as you said. So there's this weird common ground where he's not gonna be um, sold at the price that the sellers are gonna wanna sell him. But the buyers is like, no, I don't I don't I don't want to pay too first for a tight end that the position is just so obsolete, it seems, unless you have Travis Kelsey. But he might
4: just be the next Travis Kelsey. Don't is that a crazy statement to say? I don't think it's crazy at all. I mean, if you look, he's the clear number two and he's it's kind of weird, and we'll touch on Amon ra saint Brown, but it seems like Amon ra is actually getting more downfield chunk plays where like he was previously relied on for volume, and now it's Laporta that's getting those underneath volume kind of passes. In. And so I think he can be that Travis Kelsey where he's going to be Jared Goff's safety blanket. So as long as Jared Goff is a QB, I think he's going to be a, like you said, top four. He could push top three if he continues at this pace as a top three tight end. I mean, give me Laporta over Pitt's right now easily. easily very easily yeah i don't even think that's no, a conversation. the situation
1: the situation is certainly favorable for laporta going to amon Ra. is he like the biggest tease in fantasy it seems like this is the second primetime game you know the kansas city one being the first it seems like he was poised to explode he has this you know opening touchdown of the game he looks like he can get wide open at will but this is very new for lions fans in general but more specifically for fantasy i've i've never seen dan, a dan campbell led team you know, have to lead. Most of the time, the Lions are the ones chasing or they've exactly. given up the lead so crazily it turns into a barn burner. They put this game away and they did it with David Montgomery. Amon Ra was blocking and occasionally converting a big third down. So it's, if you're an Amon Ra St. Brown owner, you're certainly frustrated, but I would say there's some shootouts that are going to come. They're going to face dip, more difficult teams, not because he's not doing well, but because the it like Imagine if he kept the pace from the first half. Yeah, he should be putting up 28 points a game, and they just don't need him to, is is more my point from a fantasy perspective. His floor, outside of the Justin Jefferson,
3: you're knowing you're going to get 20 points in what was once Cooper Cup, his floor might be the safest floor in Dynasty, or in fantasy production this year, outside of what you get with like Justin Jefferson. I mean, in my in my mind, currently in the landscape, I think floors, I think of Justin Jefferson, I think of Amon Ross St. Brown, I think of Keenan Allen. Like those guys are just solidified. They're going to get peppered with targets. But from a dynasty standpoint, the man's 24 years old um, and he's tied to a quarterback that's not always trying to drive the ball downfield. He's going to find the guy in the flat. He's going to find the guy on the shallow cross. And that's where Amon Ross St. Brown does his work and then the yak. So I, it's I understand the frustration of the lack of ceiling. Because it's like, dude, I want this guy to break fantasy football. I want him to get the 30 points, but he might just be that safe 15 points. And You better
4: stop complaining because that's just you being spoiled. I was about to say, that's what's wrong with fantasy <laughs> players is we always want the ceiling, right? But like the reality is, it's like, we've got to be okay with the floor. Like to me, Amon Ross St. Brown is still a, I still, I think he's maybe towards a back end wide receiver one, not necessarily one of those top tier guys, but he's a safe wide receiver one. Like if he's given you a 13 point floor, Even, and that was all in the first half, right? They didn't really need to do anything in the second half to pass the ball. Like, that's fine. I'm taking that. Like, I'm glad to have that, even as a wide receiver one, because I know his ceiling is higher, right? And I think that's the thing about fantasy players. We get impatient or we get, we want to demand more. And it's like, be okay with a wide receiver that has the floor of a 13 or 15 point game. Like, I'm totally okay with that as my wide receiver one.
1: Speaking of wide receivers, last player I want to touch on Christian Watson was clearly on some sort of pitch count and he bailed out all fantasy managers who started him with a touchdown, which is just awesome to see. It seems like whenever Christian Watson does play, he's finding his way into the end zone. Last point on love as well. How good can he be when Christian Watson is on the field for a regular basis? Because I feel like that was a hobbled Packers, especially on the offensive line. I loved what I saw from love. You guys are both wrong. And I think the question I have to ask is how much do I trust him in the future? And my future is not the only one we're going to be examining tonight. Instead of all aboard overboard, we've got the mid-season pivot. Davis, Dylan, and I are going to be examining where our rosters are at and where we want to take them going into the second half of the year. Stay tuned right after this.
5: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year,
2: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
1: Whether this is your first episode with us or you've been with us since episode one, The genesis of this show is Jerry Jones Yacht Club. We believe, without question, the greatest dynasty league on earth. The value to you as the listener is not simply getting our takes and our opinions, but it's watching each of us try to claim victory, try to achieve glory in one of the most difficult fantasy environments ever created. Now, at the start of the season, Dylan Davis and I were all in very different places. Um, If you're a fan of Formula One's Drive to Survive, I am a team that's completely rebuilding, trying to find my identity. So when I see Jordan Love scoring at least two touchdowns, I'm very excited. It's low-hanging fruit for me. I have have so much identity, Davis. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Dylan is really our hero in the center. This guy could go on a championship playoff run, or maybe he needs to completely blow it up and start from scratch. We're three games in, and we need to check in on that process. And lastly, Davis, after years of questionable methods, but no doubt a – sincere amount of hard work, an incredible amount of hustle has built a super team. The best thing we can do going into week four is ask ourselves, are we still on course for our destination? Dylan, I want to start with you. Give me a rundown, not your entire team. Who's a couple stars that you've been counting on? And can you explain to the listeners, we hyped you up. You are the literal centerpiece of this show from a graphic standpoint, and you are 0-3. Explain yourself, man. Oh God, what yes. went come wrong? On, and can, and can so you well. course correct? Yeah. Yes.
4: No, well, first of all, you left out the incredible amount of manipulation it took for Davis to get to where he is. But we'll we'll, we'll go past that. Um, no. So for for <laughs> yes, I'm zero three in the yacht club. Now let me let me just line up these series of events for you guys, right? So I start off with a small violin
3: right? first. We should have a small uh, violin. Yes, <laughs> yes please, uh, absolutely. Yes, just
4: a small violin, please. Let's have some sympathy for me because, come on, man. I'm on the struggle bus. I started off 0-3. I played three of the top teams, right? Okay, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I'm not panicking, and I'll explain what I'm doing later. But the reason why I am where I am is because I lost all my quarterbacks. I literally lost every single one of my quarterbacks. I, I went and traded my 24 first after trading CMC. CMC yeah, away. Let's get into that one. I got let's get into a 20. That one. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. I got a 24 my 24 first back and some other things in that trade. So it gave me security because. Even if I if I wouldn't trade a CMC, I would have had literally just two quarterbacks, and I would have been in trouble. So, anyways, I go and I trade for a Derek Carr. I have my third quarterback. Aaron Rodgers was my 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 QB two. Dak Prescott my QB one. Aaron Rodgers goes in Monday Night Football. I'm hyped. Let's see how this goes. I'm about to rock this season. Boom, four plays in, torn Achilles. What what's a man gonna do? What's a man gonna do? So at least I have Derek Carr. I put Derek Carr in. Right, this dude comes out last week and, and breaks his shoulder. I don't even know what's going on, but. He breaks his shoulder. So at that point, I'm like, all right, I got to pivot. I've got to figure something out. So this week, what I did is I, I kind of launched a, we've talked about this earlier in the season, right? We talked about it on earlier episodes of when it comes to time to know where your team is at, pick a direction or pick, like start to make moves, do something. You don't want to be stuck in the middle without making any moves. So I, I don't know if I'm going to win the ship this year. It's probably not looking likely, right? I'm 0-3. So let me get younger. I went and got a Traylon Burks. I traded some pieces away to get Traylon Burks. Darren Waller was in that package, traded him away. I went and traded Travis Etienne this past week for four seconds. I went and traded him away for four seconds. I went and got younger. And, I'm, and right now what I'm doing is what I love to call a productive struggle, right? Josh, you alluded to it. I could still, allude, I could still upset some teams. I'm not full on tank like where you're at. Yeah. Right?
1: No, it, I mean, I came into the season with a completely stripped down roster and a ton of 25 first i've bought used a couple of those first and we'll get to it but dylan essentially you had what a a listener had to the show Someone who reached out to me via instagram week two their only quarterback two was aaron Rodgers, and they said should i tank and i said yes there's really no chance in in super flex leagues if you are down to even just two quarterbacks you're you're on thin ice well even in in your case you lost yeah you lost eric Carr as well
4: yeah we're 14 super flex like the quarterbacks are everything six point touchdown like when you have 14 teams looking for two starting quarterbacks it is very very the fact that I got a quarterback for my 24 first like yes it's Derek Carr but that's kind of like it, it's difficult to poach starting quarterbacks so and Dylan, to your point part yes, of the reason
3: difficult. why you're probably going to be able to have some upsets now is yeah you lost Derek Carr, but this week I think today actually you just traded a third round pick to get James Winston right which to I me did. I'm like dang you probably could have got yeah, or the, the guy selling uh, Jameis, you probably could have got more. Because I'm like, bro, why didn't you Get make this. spend a second on him?
4: Get this, the guy that sold me Jameis, I'm playing him this week. So I
1: don't, yeah,
3: I that's don't know idiotic, bro. That. I, it's
1: insult, idiotic. Insult to injury. But uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers really quickly, what I love is that where there's still value on your team, you're able to so you sold Aaron Rodgers to me actually. And mm-hmm. part of the reason I accepted the trade was because in a year or two, I can sell a healthy Aaron Rodgers to help recoup my capital. I'm in a position where wins mean nothing to me. They actually hurt me because I'm just trying to build for the future. Um, but yeah, like you said, you're 0 3 also because you played three of the best teams in the league. And if you're an owner at 0 3, week four is pivotal because one and three feels like a grand canyon difference versus 0-4, yep. and, and you can always turn around from 1-3. and 3. At 0-4, would we agree, Dylan, if you go 0-4 this week, you are completely embracing the tank. Everything mm-hmm. you're doing is with next year in mind. You mentioned Absolutely. it, Traylon Burks, Jaden Reed, who I know you're hating on love for a very foolish reason. Jaden Reed looked very good tonight. I thought he showed that he can be a very, very good wide receiver three because Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, who I love. But is there – what player – are you really building around on your roster? When you look through the first quarter of the season, is there a one shining bright spot that you've been like, at least I have this guy going into next year and for the rest of the year, if I do want to make an unlikely playoff run?
4: Yeah, I actually think that's foolish. To say you have one guy is foolish. How I like to do my productive struggle or even my rebuilds, I did it in another league that I'm in. I like to just get young wide receivers. I want I want young wide receivers and I, with upside, right? That's why I have the Traylon Burks, the Jaden Reeds. Um, I've got Jalen Hyatt on my bench. I've got Christian Kirk, uh uh Terry McLaurin. So I've got these guys. Terry McLaurin's not necessarily young, but guys with upside with value. You've got right?
3: like 10 wide receiver threes and fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh you
4: wow. Know yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I I also wanted to disclaim, I want to disclaim, you've also got to work with your league dynamic. The reality is, is I'm not getting very many firsts. So no matter that's what true. I do, like I could sell I would have to sell probably four or five players just to get one first. And that's just speaking not speaking to that, Dion. And speaking to that, and I'm glad that you brought
3: that up because I actually was just going to ask you. You and I were talking today, uh, and I just came to you. I said, "Man, what is two first by me on your team?" I have two first, and I've sent that question to a lot of people. And you said something that I think is key, especially people that are in that um, productive struggle. Right? You don't want to sell a ton of players in a bulk deal because you're not going to get the most value from them. You want to extract the value in individual player deals where you're getting two seconds here two seconds there instead of taking four to five players that if you just work you put the work in put them on the block see what you can get for them but if you just take four players five players and you trade them for two first right like that that's that's not yep. that's kind of a lazy approach right yeah
4: bro i'll tell you i am i am in hustle mode and <laughs> i'm not like you're not going to just make your team better and be do a productive struggle or even a rebuild by just like being passive i'm i'm hustling bro like I'm talking to people all the time, trying to make moves where I can, how I can, and like that's part of the game, right? Like, if you want to do a successful rebuild or productive struggle, whatever you want to call it, you're gonna to have to hustle. Like, selling your team for like bulk trades, avoid those if you can. That's just that's just a lazy rebuild. So
3: if you're, I wanna if go ahead, Davis. No, I No, I was just gonna say, is your employer? Is is he or she a current like listener? Like, are, are you going to get a joke for saying that you are on the
4: phone probably seven hours out of your day? I'm a great multitasker. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay.
3: multi-tasker. Multi-tasker. He's got the about Zoom call I'm just open. About job security. Yeah, I'm just worried about job security. All right.
1: oh, abs- absolutely. Uh, before we move off of your roster, Dylan, I want to give you a first quarter of the season grade. I think you get a D for Dylan. Um, I believe brighter days are ahead because you're embracing – You're absolutely embracing what you need to. You didn't plan on going 0-3, but there you are. You have gotten younger, but the loss of your quarterbacks, it speaks to what you did in the preseason. You went all in on some fragile older players. They're hard to recoup the value out of. Rebuttal me really quickly. Tell me why you deserve a higher grade, or if there's even a higher grade you could possibly give yourself.
4: Yeah, I would give myself a higher grade because of the effort that I'm putting in.
1: It it goes (laughs) unnoticed. It just... Like okay, I'm not out here cool. hustling.
4: Like I, I don't disrespect the hustle. All right, listen. I'm not. You're, you're being passive. You got all these 25 firsts, and you're just sitting back. Listen, I'm out here hustling. All right, all right. I'm to <laughs> get wins. paying for your luxury of firsts.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily like being judged on the effort because at the end of the day, you got to put it in the box score, Davis. I want to shift to you. Yeah, we have talked. Yeah this is what the people want to hear yeah no no this is what it's people not, hear. <laughs> but we have to touch on it if you're a super team if you're a three and O team i think it's a little bit easy to tilt less so in dynasty because your roster you've usually built it up over time it's got a deeper bench your confidence level honestly how high is it right now being three and 0 or is there a level of uh, okay just don't mess it up just don't mess it up don't don't over tinker. Don't make the wrong trade. How hard is it for you to hold in the position you're in right now?
3: Absolutely. No, I I, I don't. And that's the funny thing, right? In, in, the, in the preseason, when you build a super team, when you're looking at it, you're like, man, points projection, you're feeling good. But then once points actually start to get scored by teams, right? Like once you see teams in your league outscoring you, it's like, and I'm not invincible at all. And when you're seeing the guys like Derrick Henry on my lineup, just guys that are older that are not producing at the level that you were expecting them to produce, it does start to feel like you have you know, something in your armor that's a little exposed, right? But at the same time, what's important is what I was saying for the first couple episodes um, and even before we started this, it, it's you have to build depth to sustain the, the tragedies that are going to come from, like, the regular season. To Dylan's point, he spent a 24 first to get another quarterback because you just never know, right? Um, but I'm currently looking at a situation where I've got, I've got a ton of depth. I've lost some players. Um, I'm hoping that I don't continue to lose more. But then it's also, okay, I'm in a win now opportunity, but I'm also, I've got two firsts do I spend those first? Do I go and try and buy even more depth or would it better serve me just to be like, okay, when I deal with, you know, some type of catastrophic injury, I'm hoping it doesn't happen, but do I save those for down the road right before the trade deadline? And I really capitalize then because what if I spend it now? I have no liquid capital and then I get in a position. Let, let,
1: Let me pause you. Who, who could you even trade for Right now, what's a player at a two-first price that's going to take a roster that has a B. John Robinson, that has a Stephon Diggs, that has a Tyreek Hill? Is there even a player out there that's going to crack your starting lineup even with the injuries yeah. that you've sustained? So, because you've lost Nick Chubb. You've also lost Saquon Barkley at least for a week or two. Who's even in? Who's someone people should be yeah. targeting that their value's depreciated, but there's still upside to be had at a, at a premium price like two first-round picks? So I... And I've talked about this before. I've targeted Justin Jefferson
3: at every which way I possibly could, every which way. And mind you, I'm targeting him from a competitor, from somebody who's also three and 0 in our league, but their their team is not as deep, so they could use some depth. Um, but at the same time, they just spent their picks to go get like a Mark Andrew. So it, it's it's a a very interesting conundrum. But that's the type of player, somebody that actually will fit in my lineup. So I took Garrett Wilson, I took two firsts, and I took some ancillary pieces, and I sent them over for Justin Jefferson. Granted, I know Garrett Wilson's not producing at the, at the rate that we were hoping for because of the loss of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, easily denied within probably a minute. Um, I, I said, you know, and then he proceeds to respond to me, throw in Bijan. I'm like, all right, bro. So we're going to, all right, that's where the conversation ends. I'm going
4: to commend um, you because that actually, that was a good offer, right? I just think what I know happens, it was. It, it's such a psychological thing. As soon as the season hits, everyone's yep. in redraft mode. No one even cares about sustaining Everybody. a dynasty team. Like it's just automatic. So it's like, it gets that much harder to buy those players. Cause honestly, in the off season, Maybe he thinks about that, but when he sees points being scored, like...
3: He absolutely does yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. But then, I, but then on the flip side, I go to, uh, and, and I'll just take us, you know, I'll, I'll take us below deck. I then go and I'm like, you know what? i want to go after Keenan Allen to another manager that's 3-0. and The average age of his roster is probably 29 years old. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> how can I, you know, give him some picks to... Um, to get a Keenan Allen, put him in my lineup, make me feel safe, make me feel like, all right, I'm getting a guy who's getting 15 targets, guaranteed. I offer a 24 first and a 24 second for Keenan Allen, and it's easily denied, like not even considered, not even further expanded 24, on. He's like
4: 24, first, 24, 24
3: first and a 24 second for Keenan Allen. You can verify this, Josh. I, I want you to verify it because I know no, there's it's, been and, and and so then he pivots, Josh. Uh, real quick, I'll let you say it. he pivots and says Keenan for Garrett Wilson.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, if you're playing Dynasty, there's no world Kingdom. where it, whether you're competing right now, whether you're rebuilding, <laughs> whether you're somewhere in the middle, there's no world where that trade goes through. But Dylan, I want to ask you. You've been famous for bringing up the Davis tax. Everyone has the manager in their league that looks like they're the strongest team. And on top of that, they rub it in your face every day. And Davis does not hesitate to do that in the group chat. So are you not a little proud, Dylan, of the trade, the natural trade embargo (laughs) that's happening right now? Everyone's holding firm and said, you know what? I'm not going to give Davis a free championship. I don't care how (laughs) good this looks on a trade calculator. I'm not giving you the last piece of the infinity gauntlet.
4: Listen, the manager that turned down the Keenan Allen trade... I don't, I do not commend him whatsoever. That was just thank foolish. You, that you. was just thank foolish. You. If you're going to get a 24 first in a, and we just talked about it, the market for 24 firsts in our league is, it's impossible. There's one team that has a monopoly and there's other, there's maybe two or three other teams that have a single first, right? So if you can get it for, for a 31 year old wide receiver that's injury prone, like, like don't 31. get me wrong. I'm not going to say that he's going to get injured, but like, sure, if there's sure. that risk. And if I can get a 24 first, if I can get a shot at a Keon Coleman, a Xavier Worthy, a, Mecca Buka, like any of those guys to replace anybody, a Marvin Harrison Jones or junior. Like if I can get those guys to replace the Keenan Allen, absolutely. Give me that seven days out of the week, 24, seven. I will take that. That's foolish. But yes, the Davis tax, everyone else, I I commend you not getting Justin Jefferson round of applause. Round of applause. Sure. Sure. No, no,
3: for, for sure. And, but I, I would like to touch on this trade embargo, right? It's kind of an unspoken trade embargo. Let's yeah. talk about when uh, when the commissioner of our great uh, yacht club, um, yeah. the person who is, who is steering the ship uh, last year started a trade embargo. When I was in rebuild, I wasn't even in competition. And he starts a group message of do not trade with Davis. Keep him out. Like, what? Not what I said. It, not what
1: I said. No, I'll tell the story exactly like it is. There's a great movie out right now. I can't wait to watch it about the whole GameStop embargo. Do you remember this? When a bunch of guys were just like, wait a minute, all these banks have shorted GameStop and there is nothing stopping us with public information available from betting the opposite side and completely screwing them over. All I said was, gentlemen, Davis says he's tanking right now. I don't believe him. If none of us were to trade with him win now players... Past week six, I think it's impossible for him to change his mind whether he was deciding to tank or whether he was deciding to compete. Do with that information what you will. Public information, no money was exchanged, no I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I just said, this is what's best for all of us. If you're mad that the rest of the league was aware of the fact that you could change your mind like a Davis and a David, which, by the way, you did. Three (laughs) weeks in, you said, I'm playing Josh. It's time to compete. All, you had tanked. Did. You had given everyone else a free victory. And for me, which is the whole reason I'm rebuilding now, you caused me so much tilt. I traded Dylan all of my best players. Guys, fantasy is an emotional game. We want to pretend we're analytical and we're guys on Excel spreadsheets who only make decisions based on numbers but i would be lying to say i don't have a like some type of affection for a justin fields i make foolish decisions for players i believe in and you know what dylan took advantage because davis was the catalyst for my falling apart so if you no matter how bad your roster is right now please know we empathize i get it and a rebuild is is fantastic it's freeing it's saying i'm starting over i'm gonna embrace the future because right now it's just gonna suck but davis (laughs) yes I did let the league know you had a very strong team last year and your tanking was fake and you proved it was.
3: And it was it was the greatest um vote of confidence for me. It 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 was the greatest compliment I could have received from you, Josh. It 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 showed me respect. Um it showed Holy. me a sign of like reverence a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's just me feeding my <laughs> ego. Um, it is. but no, no, no. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Is. My final thing, the final thing I want to touch on just for any teams that are contending and you're asking yourself back and forth, do I go spend the excess of my capital? Do I trade this young stud who's not producing this Drake London, this um, Garrett Wilson? Do I go JSN. trade them? JSN. Do I go trade cool. them for an elite uh, talent, a Devontae Adams right now who's probably going to get you you know, 20 a week not a Keenan Allen, but Devonte Adams, you have to ask yourself that question just based on how your roster is constructed. If you feel comfortable with the depth that you currently have, I would not tilt right now and try and get as much depth as possible because at one point or another, you're going to have too much depth and you're going to make the wrong start-sit decision because it's like, man, do I start Brandon Ayuk, Devonte Adams? Just be real with yourself and see what your team actually looks like. See if this trade is worth it in the moment. Don't be too reactionary to the ebbs and the flows of how the league goes. And just know that you put the work in and you have a championship contender for a reason. Trust that. Now, talking about championship contenders, Josh, you are on the complete flip side. You you kind of just touched on it. You're in rebuild. You have eight, Completely. 25 firsts. I think at one point yeah. you had 10, but you traded two of them in a deal with um, Justin Fields to me, which was great. Um, yeah. Talk about yeah. – Let's talk about where you're going. And I know I didn't get a grade, so I'll give myself a grade. I'm pretty sure I'm probably at a B plus, just because there's always room for improvement. Josh, I, let's talk about your team.
1: No, I was. I'm just glad I I didn't hand you your A because it went exactly according to plan. I, Nick Chubb is a serious injury. Garrett Wilson losing Aaron Rodgers. You've taken hits, but so far you've been able to maintain your pace, and I think that's impressive. Um, That being said, I don't want to give it to you. It's just the truth. Talking about my team, there's a lot of listeners who I believe this is their first year playing Dynasty. Dynasty as a format in fantasy is exploding. It's really hard to be the first person in your league to embrace tanking as a strategy. And this is just to all the commissioners out there. Unless you have written rules against tanking, you have to allow it. It's not your place, in my opinion, to tell a franchise how they want to steer their ship for the future. If they want to tear it all down and start from scratch, you have to give them the ability to do that. Just maybe collect the dues for next year a little bit early so you make sure that they don't leave. For me, not only as just the commissioner of the league, but as passionate as I am, I know I'm going to be here in 10 years. I looked at my team. I was very much stuck in the middle. I was a playoff caliber team based on start-sit decisions, but I was getting old. I tore it down and I have a bunch of 25 firsts. The hardest thing right now is not actually knowing that my record is going to be like 0 and 14. Or like two and 12. The hardest part is not making extra moves. It's knowing that my picks are going to go up in value in the future. But a great example, you, you brought it up earlier, Davis. Justin Fields seemed like he was at a dip. And I'm like, ooh, I can go get Justin Fields right now. One, I didn't buy him at low enough of value. I gave up a, a receiver I believe in, in Christian Watson. And right now, it, Justin Fields' value is continuing to fall with what we see on the field. I'm just, I just, I
4: just, just want to <sighs> let you know that if you would have listened to me, you know, hold on. Let, let you, me take 10 seconds. Let me take 10 seconds. Because yeah, last totally, week, totally. i let you off the hook. Justin. You F- did. If you would have, if you would have started listening to this show back in the owners only, back in last year, I would, I would have told you and I would have warned you. And I'm gonna Davis Josh, you guys scrutinized me. You guys ridiculed me. You guys said I was dumb. You're dunking on us about Justin you know, Fields. No, no. Good You literally told me, Oh, he's he's not gonna. There's you're so dumb. I cannot believe you don't think he's a top 10 dynasty quarterback. I can't you're just so oh my god. Now No way am I buying Justin Fields at a top 10 dynasty quarterback price. Absolutely not. Like, and I literally told you guys, it's not because he's a bad talent. Justin Fields is not a bad talent, is he? No, I think he's a great talent. I think think he was in a different situation. it's the coaching staff. It's the coaching staff. So I'll, I'll let you get back to it, Davis. Or sorry, Josh. But I just wanted to let you know, like, you could have avoided this mess of Justin Fields if you would have just listened to me.
1: Dylan, just to give people some history of how much life we've lived together. Known each other since fifth grade. You stood next to me at my wedding. I stood next to you at yours. Mm-hmm. Where was the intervention phone call? You're acting well. like you were there <laughs> from from the start. You abandoned me and you let no. Davis, you, you're the king of the Davis tax. And you, I, I, if you're going to say I tried to warn you, you didn't warn me enough. Here's you what I'll say. I me. still, it's fair. I'm blaming you. I'm completely <laughs> blaming you. <laughs> I'm ashamed. no. Um, here's what I'll say about Justin Fields, and we've talked about him a lot on the show. We're such a quarterback-driven league. I believe the rushing can still come. You're hoping to see it this week at Denver. I'm going to give myself a B-plus for the first quarter of the year because the players I bought on a dip, I once had 11 firsts, have not gone up in value. And that's the risk when you're tanking. It's thinking you see the future um, a little bit too early. Picks are not going to tear an ACL. Picks are not going to go out on the field and completely ruin it. They're just the allure of the unknown. So, with that, D- Davis, one last question. If Jordan Love finishes in the top five of Dynasty QBs from a keep trade cut, the number one trade calculator standpoint, how how much crow do you have to eat? Because then I will. I believe Justin Fields is going to rebound in value. I think he's going to start rushing. If I have Jordan Love and I have Justin Fields, my season, I believe, is an A-plus at the end of the year. And I think the oh, rest of the year is only going to be better for both those guys. I one, I didn't hear a question. Two, or actually, Sorry, how the much question crow do you have, how to much crow do
3: I have to eat? Okay, yeah, you you gave a mark of Jordan Love being a top five dynasty QB on Keep trade Cut. You're out He's... of your damn mind. You are out <laughs> of your damn mind. In <clears throat> what world? In oh. what world? We were just talking last episode or maybe two episodes ago about Tua, who I'm finally coming around to emerging as a top five potential QB. But although he's passing up uh, Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson to get there. Are you kidding me? We, we you out of your – okay. The, I, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to come back down. I'm going to come back down. I'm going to breathe through yeah. it. Um, I, 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 I love I giving you an believe, ulcer. This i know, I, I rebuke that, but I, I can't even believe that you just said
4: top <laughs> five mark. It's, it's almost like you got a reaction good. out of me. Do you actually believe that? Like,
1: do you honestly believe Me? that he'll be top five? Yes, I'm being dead serious. Uh, do I think he will be or could be? The media is already doing exactly what I said it would do. No, Thursday Night Football, what did they do? They had a graphic with Rodgers. Favre, nothing seems safer to me than the Packers QB. And I'm sorry, you guys were wrong on your analysis at the start of the show. In difficult, adverse situations, he showed poise. He showed different dynamics of throws he can make. I feel great with Love. In fact, I feel safer with Love than I do with Fields. So that I feel very confident on.
4: It's the opposite with Justin Fields. I think actually Jordan Love's in a great position. He's got a great team around him, a great coaching staff. He's just not a good quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. He doesn't have the talent. Whereas if Justin, I wouldn't say that listen, he's
3: not a good quarterback. I just would say uh, yeah, he's, he's not, not a a, a franchise elite quarterback. But Josh, Josh, I, I, I first off, you giving yourself a B plus when you just traded Christian Watson in <laughs> two first for Justin Fields is That's the only is reason it's a B Absolutely plus. <laughs> maniacal. That's absolutely <laughs> maniacal. But then on top of it, for you to come and say how much crow am I going to eat if Jordan, if if Jordan Love by the end of the season is a top five keep trade cut. Um, and, and I'm putting this, I'm going to air this out. If he emerges as top five QB and keep trade cut by the end of the season, Josh, I will swap my dynasty roster with you. Don't say that. I Don't say that. Don't say that. My dynasty roster with you, with you, Josh. That's no, how you can't- I can't believe that you're saying that. I can't believe no. that that's even a question.
1: I mean, you've been 0 for 3 on QB picks this year, so I feel great about it. You were wrong about Brock Purdy. You were wrong initially about Tua. Either way, there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to look forward to uh, coming up on the end of the year. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go a little bit below deck. I know we talked a lot about our teams and our league, but we wanted to give you some strategy. We've got to give you all the drama that's going on because it is getting spicy in the group chat. Stay tuned.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I top of guard it,
1: like that, see that,
5: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And he's, he's going to us about winning. Remember what you I know? told
1: you? I
5: said, I said, you think I can get paid
3: and go back and play in college? You think I ain't need <Nick?"> it? <laughs>
2: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
1: We've spent a ton of time on this episode already just taking you into the driver's seat of each of our rosters and what we're thinking as we look towards week four. Um, but I want to take some time right now to talk just about kind of the gamesmanship every fantasy player has to know. Guys, you you guys know who the Justin Herbert owner is in our league. And you don't have to know his whole roster, but people should know this guy is a massive Chargers fan. Um, I'm in rebuild mode, but I have some young wide receivers. A guy I was going to be paying attention to in week four was Quentin Johnston because with Mike Williams' injury, which by the way, Dylan, going back to episode one, great call on Mike Williams' dynasty value. Although I will say it sucks to see a player get injured. And Absolutely. Mike Williams, we want to see you yes. get back and healthy. Unfortunately, you just play the game way too hard and you leave it all out on the field. But that being said, Quentin Johnston, I thought would be very alluring to this owner. He's one of the few that does have his own first for the next couple of years. So I tried to get a trade done with him. I tried to communicate to him. But he's one of those owners in our league who's very competitive. He's very dialed in, but he doesn't have a sounding board. Something I want to let people know, a great way to improve your league, especially in Dynasty, is co-owners. And I want to ask, would this owner and would every franchise be better with a co-owner? Dylan, I'll start with you. You have a co-owner. He was key to your turnaround last year in your playoff run. But this year, as we've talked about, a little bit disappointing. How, how crucial is it for you to have a sounding board? huge it's huge and honestly Terrible. we
3: joke
4: we no, Davis stay, be quiet shut um, up Davis seriously Davis <laughs> no one cares about your opinion um no honestly we joke all the time about the T Higgins trade right the the infamous T Higgins trade where my my co-owner traded him away without me knowing for pennies basically however that trade and i'm not saying i don't encourage you if you're a co-owner to go make a trade against the will of your other partner but like that trade kind of did spark us into a different direction right it kind of got the it got us a little bit more open to trading. And so what I'll say about having a co-owner is I'm, I like you guys discussed, I tend to overthink a little bit. Having a sounding board for me, I'm a verbal processor. I do it all the time with my wife. I talk to my wife out loud. That's just what I do. I verbally process. I'm talking out loud. Wait, did you mean to say that? No, maybe I don't know. And then I end it like, okay, so what should we do? And that's where having a sound co-owner is like, well, here's our options. This is what we should do. And that works for me, right? So having that sounding board before I make some wild trades or trades that don't make any sense, if you ever see a wild trade go by, I probably didn't run it by my co-owner. So that's probably why it happened. But I would say having a co-owner is a great, great sounding board.
1: Not to be sentimental, but one of the benefits, because Davis is completely shaking his head because he's going to criticize your strategy. Of course. This is going to, once again, we're here to win championships. We're here to help you win championships. But fantasy football to me is all about watching football with your friends. Dylan, mm-hmm. I mentioned... I was in your wedding. You were in mine. Your co-owner was also in both of our weddings. Yep. Added benefit, it keeps you in touch with your boys because I'm not calling you to see like, dude, how are you? I just really want to connect. It's like, Dylan, can you please trade me Aaron Rodgers? You don't need him anymore. (laughs) How cool is it from a co-owner perspective just to stay in touch with with one of your boys? Oh man, it's it's
4: great. It really is. And like, like you said, he's one of my best friends. He's one, he's a guy that I I want to stay in touch with and we, we talk about other things, but fantasy football is the one thing that we know we can like, and playing dynasty. We know there's always going to be something that we're texting back and forth with If it's not at least with the rate that we trade at least once or twice a day. Right. So it's great. Yeah, Like you said, it's just great for that, that chemistry and building like with your friendships and staying in touch. Like you said,
1: Davis, I want to go to you because you've never had a dunk. You've never had a co-owner, and you pride yourself on your team's success. Are you such a driven, focused Al Davis-like character that no one can coexist with you, or do you just truly believe that riding solo is a better option?
3: It's a fair assessment. As a fair assessment, um, I am sometimes a tough person to coexist with. Um, I, I will say that. Um, now, what I will say is it just is not, it's not cohesive to who I am as a person to have somebody have to sign off every single time I'm trying to make a decision when it comes to fantasy football. If my employer is listening, I want you to hear that. I'm running things by you, Um, but I need to reiterate that. Now, when it comes to fantasy football, the only way that I'm able to make this magic work is if I can move quick, if I can move fast, if If I can get somebody where they're at, where they're in a vulnerable state or I've talked to them for three hours, like I I need to be able to move fast and strategically be able to have these conversations with without, for example, having to have a trade. That I'm good with, that the person on the other end is good with, but then I have to run it by somebody and then if they're like, no, let's play it safe. Let's see how things are doing. No, screw that. I want to be able to make a decision, and I'll live with that decision. I've made some terrible trades, and we've talked about that before earlier in this episode, and it, it still is haunting me. I traded Sam Laporta away just because I felt vulnerable not having a third QB, and I got Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell while it's nice because we're in a superflex. I I would be sitting and holding on to the dynasty tight end four, who probably will be dynasty tight end three by next week. Like that would have been great. And probably if I had a corner, i they'd been like, "No, man, we're good. Let's just relax. Let's let's just trust Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Those are my QBs. Yes. Mm, um, let's let's just trust them. But no, at, at at the same time, like with all the losses that might come, the wins. I'm trusting my gut. I'm trusting the work I'm putting in that the wins are gonna amount to more so I I I just I can't personally and I I'm I'm in a couple leagues where I'm a co-owner and I love my co-owners I just feel I feel I feel like I'm 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 just I'm kind of capped where I'm at I I feel like I feel like you've got I'm a peacock you know you gotta let me fly I misspoke I misspoke
1: We've talked about it before. You have a co-owner. You have Davis and you have David. Both halves of yourself make up the full franchise. Actually, um, that's fair. No, and, and the reason I love talking about co-owners is we talk about our league all the time. 14-team superflex. That doesn't mean we have 14 members. I believe we're up to 20 members. The more, the merrier. And very soon, we're going to have an opportunity for everyone to get to know our entire league not just us. Dylan, you had a thought further on your co-owner. I want to come back to you just real quick.
4: Yeah, it's not my co-owner. I, the reason why, Davis, I think this is why you struggle with having a co-owner. I legitimately think you have a hard time justifying the manipul- manipulative spiral that you go down to get a deal done with another person. You have to co you have to go to a co-owner and explain to them, I said this, did this, asked them this, then went back and said this. By the way, I may have lied here or fabricated here. It, I think you have a God hard in that, thing. and that's why is that that's that's why I think you're you're kind of beating around the bush and saying, oh, yeah, just, is it not a liability? So yeah. no,
3: it's not it's not a moral liability thing or like <laughs> I, I hold up a second. I, I, I don't manipulate people. I've never <laughs> taken somebody's phone. Hold up, no, no, no. no. Let's clarify this. I've never taken somebody's you've phone. You never, you've never blatantly broken the rules. Process. You've no, never I've broken, never the, rules. broken be, the rules. I want to be clear. I just, Thank yeah. You thank you thank Oh no because I I would be thrown out of the league if that were the case. This is the best Correct. dynasty league in the freaking
4: world. That can't distinguish between a lie and a fabrication like it's the same thing. Like it's it's, it's the same thing. That you doesn't mean I broke a rule.
3: No, it there's a there's a distinct difference. There's a no, distinct difference. I've already lie. gone into that. I've gone into that. And what I need to say about that is that at the end of the day, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. I'm just explaining to them why it's smart for them to make a dumb decision. And at the end of the day, that is my vision statement.
1: You are, there is a used car lot that is awaiting your arrival to turn their entire franchise around because you are persuasive and you are dogmatic in chasing what you want. It's funny. I've avoided the question. I had a co-owner at one point and he did not take it as seriously as I did. He was a dear friend. He made one trade as a joke I lost it. I kicked him out of the league. He's dead. We're still good friends, but that's how serious we take it. It's great to have your boys. It's great to stay in contact, but at the end of the day, I'm here for championships, and we hope you are too. Uh, Before we leave, like I mentioned, we have a website coming out very soon. We want to continue to introduce you to the characters that make up our league, but we want to do it in a way where you can dive in as deep as you want and us not get things out of context because at the end of the day you're here most likely to make your dynasty team better and so every listen that you have we hope that happens at least one percent so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode until next week guys
2: Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
3: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
2: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, small business success stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.